Good morning. How y'all doing? Turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 13 uh, this morning. Um, let me place it in the context now. In, in Luke's gospel, he has taken three chapters to kind of get us to this point. Um, in the first three chapters of the gospel of Luke, we have had the birth narratives of both um, Jesus and John the Baptist. And then we've had Jesus being baptized. And we've had Jesus presented at the temple uh, for circumcision. And uh, all of a sudden now we, Luke inserts this genealogy of Jesus's family tree uh, in between the story time. And then he begins to pick up with today's text. Today's text has often been referred to as the temptations of Jesus. And um, Jesus is down being baptized by John and down in the Jordan. And any way to get back to the top or back to Jerusalem or back to Galilee, we'd have to climb some hills. And, and so as he is climbing and going back, um, Jesus decides what we call in, in backpacking, bushwhacking. He decides he's going down a trail, and all of a sudden he's just going to say, boom, I'm going to head off into the wilderness. I'm going to head off on an unknown path, and I'm going to go get, get lost in the wilderness. Now, the wilderness um, is a place uh, in Israel that is, is not like the Appalachian wilderness, you know, where it's kind of rocky and you've got the pretty trees and the rivers and the streams and all of that. The wilderness in Judea is more like Black Hills, South Dakota wilderness uh, without any trees. Uh, imagine pictures being beamed back from the Mars Curiosity rover and it's the red planet and it's darkness, it's redness and rockiness. Well, that's what the Judean wilderness looks like. It's not a very hospitable place. And there's really, you try to hide up under a rock, you can't find one to hide up under. There's no trees. It's just, it's barren. It's a very, very, very barren place. It's rough, it's remote, it's wild, um, and it leaves a person grossly exposed. Grossly exposed. Uh, and this is where the Spirit of God in our text is leading Jesus. So this is where we pick up in our text today. Luke chapter 4. Listen to the word of the Lord. Now Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan... And was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where the 40, for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. And Jesus answered the devil, Well, it's written, one does not live by bread alone. And then the devil took him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give you their glory and all this authority, for it's been given over to me. And I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him again from scripture worship the lord your god and serve him only 
And then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written in Scripture, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered the devil, It is also said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. For when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Now, Jesus' first act of Messiah, did you notice what he did? His very first act of Messiah is that he was to take his spiritual LSAT. That is his spiritual legal SAT to see if he is matriculated and is able to get into grad school. He had to pass the Jewish law exam. That's what he is doing in these tests. If he was going to inaugurate a new kingdom as the Son of God, he had to demonstrate to the Heavenly Father that he was up to the task. Jesus was confronted with the same evil in the world that you and I are confronted with every single day. Yet the stakes for Jesus were much higher. He had to prove and road test his faith. The late Catholic priest, author, and mystic Henry Nouwen spoke about three basic temptations um, that Jesus undertook in the wilderness. In his very thoughtful book on leadership called In the Name of Jesus, Reflections on Christian Leadership. Great little book, not too, not too big, uh, good read. But Nouwen believes that Jesus was given three tests to determine the metal of his spiritual depth. First, by turning stones into loaves of bread, Jesus was tempted to show himself to be relevant. It was a temptation to be relevant. Second, by forsaking God to rule the world was the temptation for power. And then finally, by throwing himself off the temple's pinnacle, the very highest point, was Jesus being tempted to to be spectacular. Relevant, powerful, spectacular. Now one is absolutely right. Leaders have to fight the tendencies and those temptations of those three items. Leaders want to be relevant. Leaders want to be powerful. Leaders want to be spectacular because then they're followed. But the reality is, as Luke's story continues to unfold in the Luke-Acts narrative, uh, we will see Jesus confront earthly leaders who have succumbed to the exact temptations that he is being poised or posed with. Whether Roman officials or Jewish religious officials or social leadership in Jesus' day, Each of them failed from Pilate to Caiaphas. Each of them failed and fell victim to the temptation to be relevant, to be powerful, and to be spectacular. Only Jesus made it. You see, it was imperative for Jesus to get this right before he 
began this kingdom building of his to execute God's work in the world. It was vital for Jesus to follow the path through the wilderness just as his ancestors did because that's what Jews did. They went to the wilderness. The wilderness exposes you and me to our weaknesses. The wilderness pushes you and me to reach down into ourselves to find the true essence of who we are in our core. The wilderness, my beloved, is the place you and I get to road test our faith in a very real world way. Wilderness has always been important for the Jewish people in the lives of God's people. Ironically, it's often in the wilderness, in the most God-forsaken places and times that the resplendent light of God is manifested most brightly and clearly. Wilderness is important. It was wandering in the wilderness that Abraham and Sarah were given the promise of a great nation. It was in the isolated wilderness that Jacob wrestled with God and was given the vision of seeing angels ascending and descending a ladder into and from heaven. It was only after the Hebrews left the safety of what they knew in Egypt and entered into the inhospitable environment of the desert did they learn about God. Did they learn about God's trustworthiness? Did they learn about sin and brokenness? It was only in the wilderness that these Hebrews learned about trust and obedience. It was only in the wilderness that these Hebrews learned about what it meant to be in community. It was in their wilderness times, beloved, that the very character of the people of God, these 12 loose tribes of Hapiru, or what we call Hebrews, were brought together and formed into a singular nation at the end of their road trip called Israel. It was in the wilderness, in the exposure, where the people of God received the beautiful Torah, the law, the words of God. It was and in the wilderness the people were uniquely shaped as God's chosen people. This, this is why Jesus had to go to the wilderness. You see, God shapes his people, his children, in those wilderness moments. It was the time that Jesus could demonstrate his fealty to God. It was time that he could prove he wasn't on some messianic power trip. It was a time that Jesus demonstrated that he trusted God would do what God said. Friends, this past Wednesday, we began the season of Lent. The 40-day spiritual gymnasium whereby you and I, this church, are invited, just like Jesus, to head into the wilderness and determine our spiritual fitness. You and I are invited to walk into the wilderness and risk becoming exposed to the elements at best and to the fears and temptations of evil at worst. 
Lent, my friends, is a time we become vulnerable to God and let it all hang out. Lent is the time in our spiritual wilderness, beloved, um, where it may be barren, but it doesn't have to be scary. Because if we remember that as Jesus went into the wilderness, as the Hebrews went into the wilderness, the Shekinah, the Spirit, led him there. Jesus did not go alone. The evil one may trick us into thinking, try to trick us into thinking we've been abandoned by God. Have you ever felt that way, abandoned by God? The evil one may try to trick us into thinking we've been abandoned by God, but let this story remind us that when we head into our spiritual wilderness, the Spirit goes with us. We are not abandoned. What a wonderful reminder for each of us. The very wild, remote wilderness is the place God journeys into with us. But we have to embrace the wilderness. We have to embrace the desert. Poet mystic Thomas Merton once wrote, quote, The desert becomes a paradise when it is accepted as a desert. The desert can never be anything more than a desert if we are trying to escape it. But, he says, once we fully accept it in union with the passion of Christ, the desert becomes a paradise. In other words, my friends, even in the midst of our spiritual deserts and wilderness experiences, the embryo of God's Spirit is there The presence of God is there. And the desert is not really a desert, but it is the paradise of God, if we would but only look. For those of you who don't know, I suffer from a chronic or chemical depression induced by PTSD. I personally know what emotional and spiritual wilderness and deserts feel like. Been there, done that, got that t-shirt. I also know that the wilderness is the best university of the Holy Spirit there is to matriculate in. You see, in the depth of my pain I discovered years ago, in the depth of my spiritual abandon, my perceived spiritual abandonment in the wilderness, at the place I felt most separated and abandoned by God, the Spirit revealed something beautiful to me. The Spirit revealed to me in the midst of that shadowy darkness and gloom that I was actually being given a gift. You see, I learned from the Spirit in the midst of my emotional and my spiritual desert that in the very depth of my spiritual wilderness and pain, I could feel the very tears of God. Tears that God expressed when he felt that separation and pain when his son was nailed to a tree. The same separation and tears of God that Jesus shed on the cross when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? 
and feeling the tears in the midst of pain in the wilderness, my desert had been transformed beautifully into paradise. The place of Eden where God dwells. My sweet church, let the Spirit lead you and me into the wilderness where our spiritual roots can be stressed and yet strengthened. The wilderness has a lot to teach us, to bestow upon us, to share with us if we just accept it for what it is. Wilderness. A place to be led by the Spirit and walk with God. It's a place to affirm what Jesus Himself affirmed out in the wilderness. And what did Jesus affirm in the wilderness? God will meet my needs. God will not leave me alone. The Lord God is one. There is only one most holy God. And Jesus learned and affirmed and demonstrated that we don't have to test God to know that God is indeed walking next to us. That the companionship of God is with us whether we see it, experience it, or feel it or not. Beloved, this Lent... Are you willing to head off the routine way and be led into the wilderness to have your faith road tested where you're exposed, where you may be vulnerable, but you were never ever left alone? If you're ready, come on. Let's turn this desert into paradise and see the presence of God. Amen. Pray with me. Holy Spirit of God, as we gather this day, we thank you for this chance to realize that you were tempted and tried as we are. And yet you never broke relationship with God, the Father. Lord, as we go into our wilderness places, we pray that you would uh, hold us by the hand, lead us, comfort us, protect us. Let us learn, grow, matriculate into a deeper faith. Lord, let us to see wilderness for what it is. A place to learn more about you and our life in you. In Christ's name, amen.